0: set for one of the most highly anticipated episodes in this podcast history what is going on everybody welcome in to episode number 470 of underground sports philadelphia it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios it is the return of red october the very first episode of the pod with the phillies heading to the postseason we are going to talk about them clinching how we got here all the the former fills we've lost along the way and of course we're going to dive into the Eagles 4-0 start the union uh coming down to decision day this coming sunday and of course we're going to talk that good good survivor 43 this last week's episode was pretty electric and we got a brand new one on tap tonight but before we get started make sure you guys are following us on the socials, at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram, all Phillies postseason long, we are going to be doing the absolute most, because we have been waiting for this day for over a decade, and in this podcast history, we've been waiting for it since we started. So we are going to be over the top with Phillies baseball coverage this October, especially this weekend, and... Uh, Everything else, Philly sports wise, to keep up to date with us at Underground PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe because it helps play with the algorithm. Tell your friends to subscribe. And leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It goes a long way with more people trying to find the show. And we want as many people involved during this Phillies postseason run, during this Eagles incredible start to the 2022 season and everything else we got going on for the rest of the year and heading into 2023. So subscribe to the podcast feed. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. We're on that road to 1K. So be sure to subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below with your excitement for this Phillies postseason, and let's have ourselves one hell of a weekend and one hell of a Cardinals hate week, if you will. Uh, Big thank you to our sponsors. Bad bad weekend to be a (laughs) Cardinal. Bad weekend to be a Cardinal, for sure. Um, Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms, Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com and use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer should be the beer you have on tap every Eagles game day, every single postseason game for the Phils, and 365 days a year. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our pals over at Bino, you guys can go to BinoBoard.com. This coming Friday, they're dropping those Premier League boards, Matt. Looking like Arsenal is first on deck. So go to BinoBoard.com. And use code BINHOUSP, B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P, for 10% off your order at Binoboard.com. What's going on, Matt?
1: Living the dream, you know.
0: Living the red October dream. It is here. Our long-standing national nightmare is over. The Philadelphia Phillies are headed to the 2022 postseason, the second-longest baseball Postseason drought is over, although it was the longest for a few days because the Mariners clinched before us. Um, But the Phils are going to the postseason. They do it in Houston, and what an unbelievable celebration in the locker room. Bryson Stott giving everybody the greatest gift that I think will live on forever in Philly's lore with him going live on Instagram and uh, just going around to every single person in the clubhouse, asking them to hop on the live at the request of all of the viewers. Um, goes up to Bryce Harper after everybody was requesting for Bryce to come on. Gets him on. He's like, all right, that's all you get. This is this is my live, not number three's live. Um, then you have the, the hangover game. They lose today. 86 wins is the final tally. Matt, you had 85, so they hit your over. I fell just shy with my prediction, uh, but 86 gets it done, and we're going to the
1: postseason. Yeah, last time the Phillies were in the postseason, I could not drive past uh, <laughs> 11 p.m. So
0: <laughs> We were one month into our senior year of high school, and how fitting is it that playoff baseball starts on October 7th, which is to the day, the final game the Phillies played in the postseason against the St. Louis Cardinals that's exactly who they're playing the st louis cardinals are the opponent and uh 11 years ago albert Poolholst, adam wainwright and yadier molina were playing for the st louis cardinals and 11 years later they're still playing for the st louis cardinals
1: yeah there's a lot of weird echoes uh with like this series and, and that series and you consider too like I think what the Cardinals are trying to do and what the Phillies were trying to do in 2011 and the Cardinals are trying to do this season. uh, There's some similarities there. And, um, you know, that that Cardinals team weren't, wasn't amazing. They don't, they go on to win the world series, obviously. As the They were a wild card. They were a wild card. I think they only won 83 games. uh, Yeah, 83 or 84. It wasn't like, again, they were not a, you know, a powerhouse upper echelon team. Um, not to say that that means the Phillies are going to do this, but every year we get kind of, uh, I don't even know if the Phillies being the Cardinals would be like a screwball type of uh, thing, especially when you consider how the Phillies have played them this season um, and that there's really not that large of a gap between the two. Um, But every year, you know, in the wild card or even in the, you know, the ALDS or NLDS, you kind of get a a surprise result. You know, a team maybe you didn't expect to to get bounced early does uh, inevitably get bounced early. And I see no reason why it can't be the Cardinals this year. um, And it would feel really good <laughs> it would feel really good to uh, to bounce the cardinals um but they do have narrative and the just usual uh midwest magic dark magic on their side it's uh, that damn arch something about the arch it's a portal to you know we got a really uh, big mac land yeah something about that and something about the way poohols is played post uh, all-star break is um I don't know. Giving me <laughs> giving me some bad vibes, I'll say. It's but, quite a shot, if you will. Yeah, um, weird. <laughs> the uh, Weird how the guy hadn't been good for like six years, and uh, all of a sudden he's like amazing. That's weird. They have witch doctors in St. Louis. <laughs> I've deduced it to that. Nah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> no big deal. I'm sure 42-year-olds just randomly go back to being the, the same they were when they were the like same... three-time MVPs. Does he worn a dress shirt
0: lately? Does he have the same neck size? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's totally,
1: <laughs> totally cool.
0: Um, all three games in St. Louis get started on Friday. First game at two Oh seven, uh, Eastern time, 1:07 site time. Cause they'll be in St. Louis. And then the other two games are eight 37 PM starts on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I think overall, like one the Phillies are in two. I think this is the best possible side of the bracket to be on. You get the Cardinals, who are a team you you found success against this year. Your pitching staff was great against them this year with the three guys that are scheduled to go in this series. And the two guys that struggled the most against you are their two cornerstone pieces, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Yeah,
1: so I have it pulled right up, baby. I was looking at uh and this is this is from the St. Louis newspaper, you know. So Look at you're that. getting the real That home cooking. You get that home cooking, but um in their career, Paul Goldschmidt is five for twenty three and Nolan Arenado is five for fifteen, combined ten for thirty seven against Zach Wheeler. Um so that's good. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's uh you know, that's how you'd like to start the uh the series and, and on the Philly side, um, Boehm is actually at the Phillies. Eight for nineteen, uh four twenty one, four twenty nine, eight forty two slash line and two homers, three RBIs and five runs this season against the Cardinals and uh, Reese this year too, nine for 25 slash nine, 360, 414 800, uh, three homers and four RBIs and four runs scored this year. So, you know, they, they really have some, uh, some good guys here, uh, you know, in terms of who they've, how they've matched up with the Cardinals and, and this year too, like Tommy Edmond has gone two for 12 against the Phillies this year. Um, Brendan Donovan, who's their, their current leadoff hitter went one for 14, uh, with the just a brutal slash line here uh 071 235 071 line so
0: that's incredible
1: um yeah and i mean phillies you know even went to st louis and one so that you know it's not like you know there's been like a, a real disparity in how things you know it'll be different with the playoff atmosphere and you know some of these games too happened uh especially before Pooh holes is kind of uh tear that he's been on and he's kind of playing a different role earlier in the season to what you expect him to play this year and both teams have made some some like minor tweaks you know, post like trade deadline and things like that so everything isn't exactly the same um, but yeah I mean it's it's a pretty even series I, I don't you know obviously I would say most people and, and the the favorite would be of course the Cardinals right there they have been the better team this year at least record wise and Obviously have home field advantage for all three games. That is a, a big advantage. Um, and they have, again, just the, the mojo on their side. But um I don't know. You know, it's it's not inconceivable to me that this at least goes three games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think and then again, you know, a three game series is much more favorable to an underdog because yes. there's it's there's a little less circumstance. A um, little less circumstance and you know you can just get two kind of you, know, you don't even. Have to, they don't even have to be freak games, but two games that maybe just go the, the wrong way, a few wrong bounces. I mean, the Phillies had the exact thing happen sure. to them in, in two thousand eleven. You know, I think you replay that series ten times, the Phillies win that series like eight out of ten times. Uh, but one of the one of the, the two roles there got us. The uh,
0: the celebration though was fantastic, and the way they they clinched Aaron Nola going six and two thirds of a perfect game. Yeah, I will never forgive NBC Sports Philadelphia's graphic designer for putting the perfect game graphic up on the screen. Like, what are we doing? Um, And then Zach Eflin closing it out. Those two, the longest tenured Phillies on the roster, they've been here through it all. Uh, It's also fitting that, you know, Zach Eflin was traded here for Jimmy Rollins. So, you know, it was like the passing of the torch there of playoff era to this new playoff era. Um, Rob Thompson's speech in the clubhouse was fantastic uh, somebody broke it down during it throughout his speech somebody popped a cork on Brad Hand's hand Bryce Harper let out the longest fuck yeah after uh, Rob was done talking and then when Rob Thompson goes to drink the bottle of champagne in his hands he forgot that the cork was still on it and was drinking absolutely nothing Good. For just a, a really cool I think way for them to clinch was to have it be you know, started by NOLA, ended it with Eflin, um, and really, like, kind of, you know, put that that nail in the coffin of this long-ass fucking drought of playoff baseball we've had with two guys who have been through the lowest of lows with this team and now have experienced one of the highs. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, those two and Hoskins have been, like, the kind of pivotal cornerstone pieces over the last like six seven years, um, so it is kind of it is kind of nice that they're they're the three that I think you know Nola obviously too I think, so much of his career I think has had this narrative about his like September play and I mean he's also won games in October now for yeah the first time I loved Ruben Amaro
0: Jr.'s tweet said to all the people who said Aaron Nola couldn't be a big game pitcher
1: can kiss my ass yeah well <laughs> don't don't really want Ruben Amaro Jr. on the soapbox but um. I mean, yeah, it's it's just, just uh, it's nice to see those guys kind of get their moment as well, um, and I it's just it's just great to have the playoffs back. It's cool to to be able to care about like <laughs> wildcard weekend again and like kind of dream of you know being in the NLDS again or the NLCS. Like, I just think you know, baseball is a weird sport, and so often we see those hundred plus win teams. Not again. Bringing it up again, you know, the 2011 Phillies and the 10 Phillies. We say it all the time that that 2008 Phillies team wasn't even the best version of that era of the teams, and yet they had objectively the most success. Um, you know, it's it, it can just work that way for you, and you know it, we, we've seen that over the last you know 15 years. Um, really, that it, you know, obviously teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Braves, the Yankees, and Astros will always have. They'll be favored, of course, mm-hmm. and, and that's fair and reasonable, but um, there's no guarantee that those teams win it. I, I, If you had said, even at the start of the playoffs last year, if the Braves were going to win the World Series, I, I think t- people would have said three or four teams ahead of them mm-hmm. but before you would have gotten to the Braves. Um, and I don't think that's being revisionist. I think that's just how it was. Um, and that's, Again, not to say the Phillies are that team, but it's just – once you get to the playoffs and I, I said it at the in March <laughs> that I could believe more about this team winning the world series and I necessarily could about them making the playoffs and now that they're here I, I still feel the same way you know if this team and they have they, they've you know Schwarber really lit it up in the last few weeks you know JT's been on a tear of, like pretty much I don't know like three since three months this, yeah like July to now JT's been great um I think the only worry is that Bryce has still not looked great and you'd, you'd prefer to have him playing his best baseball now, but, um, you know, you're worried about like his like health, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be positive about for this team in this series. Um, yeah, the, the negatives I, I think would just be, um, it could go into St. Louis <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, I would say bullpen is definitely a concern for me. Um, Again, maybe in this series doesn't show as much, but should you make it out of this series, that's a huge red mm-hmm. flag, I think, for the Phillies. Just in terms of injuries too. I mean, not even just like performance, but you know they've got some some injuries at, at a bad time now, and some guys haven't looked great coming into the especially the Sir Anthony. Season. Yes, and Sir Anthony has been pretty bad, pretty bad. And and this is a guy too that you were depending on for for most of the season, and um, I, I think it's not necessarily a coincidence that September has been kind of a bad record month for the Phillies, and it's also been. Surrentini Dominguez is you know probably worst month of the season. I, I think those two are pretty related, but um, yeah. So those those are the concerns, and you know again you you're going up against a, a Cardinals team that just there are some teams in sports that just have this like <laughs> this really cloud around them, um, and the Cardinals are just one of those teams that always has that that always always finds a way to make it to the NLCS, and they just do. Uh, and and um, hopefully though. This is this is the year that the Phillies get to play the spoiler, which they haven't gotten to do very much. Uh, this is the,
0: this is the first time in franchise history that they are a wild card. But yeah, I mean it's. I the mean, other fourteen in any times other that, that they've made the playoffs, they either they got in as the division winner. In any other year, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right, right now. <laughs> you know, um, that in the other fourteen playoff appearances, so stupid that this is the only only the fifteenth time they've gone to the playoffs in. Being around since
1: 1883. Well, I read that this is only the Mets' 10th
0: appearance in the playoffs. And they've been around, I think, since 1961? Yeah. Philly's been around since 1883. Once you get to counting, (laughs) I mean. Uh, I do have a fun uh, game here for you involving the Phillies bullpen uh, with a, a very interesting and statistical tweet from one John Stolness from Hitting season,
1: one of the best Phillies podcasts out there. Um, yeah, so in 60 seasons, they've made the playoffs nine times, but I think that's not counting this, this year. year. So I think that this is their 10th
0: timing in the. And we'll get to games. the Mets. <laughs> we will get to the Mets. Um, but Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the one clue here. This does not include Jose Alvarado. So potential closing options in the in the playoffs for the Phillies. With their stats over the last 14 days. I'm going to rattle off the stats for you. You try to tell me which pitcher it is. Number one. An 8.31 ERA. An 8.42 FIP. A 12.4 walk per nine ratio. And an 8.3 Ks per nine ratio. Uh, That is Cy Gibson. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is Sir Anthony Dominguez. Yikes. <laughs> Not good when you're confusing the two. This this is a two-week stretch. Okay. Uh, So this is over the last 14 days, and he tweeted this this morning. Uh, Pitcher number two. A 1.8 ERA, a 5.31 FIP, a 12.6 walks per nine ratio, and a 9.0 K per nine.
1: Is that Bailey Falter?
0: That is David Robertson. And here's the one that I think a lot of people are going to get excited about. And I think if I had my choice, he would be closing games in the playoffs for me. A 1.59 ERA in five and two-thirds innings pitched, zero walks, and a 9.5K per nine. Is that Eflin? That is Zach Eflin.
1: I mean, yeah, Eflin is... He's become a weapon. (laughs) It's just... um... I don't want to say it too loudly for fear that his knee will hear us but um yeah I mean Eflin, uh Eflin's like comeback has been a a big part of of the Phillies uh Phillies like stretch here mm-hmm. and without him being you know there I, I I would be probably more worried than I am um but again you know in a three game series I think you can you can make it work 100%. And that's and that's really what I am so focused on is, is getting out of this series hopefully and and getting, you know, like home games in Philly would be great to have. Um I think it would make you know just all of it feel a little more tangible too and concrete. So hopefully uh hopefully we get there. I do have I don't know if you saw
0: this, it's a a snippet from Bryson Stott's Instagram live, uh while he's on the hunt for one Gene Segura who Congrats to Gene and J.T. Romuto. They are no longer uh, the two longest postseasonless baseball players in all of baseball. They were the two active players who had played at least 1,000 games and not been to the postseason. That streak is over. And then number three, even though he's not active, is also a former Philly. It's Mike Alfranco. Um, but this was Bryson Stott looking for uh, Gene Segura in the clubhouse. During the uh, the celebration, and it was hilarious.
1: Where's the girl? Where's my love? Say my life. Leave alone. Get We in eight two thousand people, man. Damn, you're real famous. For you, they want you. Oh my! Oh my God!
0: Oh my! God. <laughs> oh, my. Gene Segura might be the most wholesome player on the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. You gotta love him. Uh, you know, you love John Middleton being in the in the clubhouse, getting doused by his wife um, with champagne. Jim Salisbury getting doused by uh, Nick Cassianos. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to, to this. Before we get into hashtag Lowell Mets, just think about the journey we were on this season alone. We go from Alec Bohm saying, I fucking hate this place <coughs> to Jim Salisbury versus Nick Castellanos, Matt Gelb versus Jamie Apodi, yeah. Bryce Harper going down two months into the season, Gene Segura being out for two months, Wheeler missing two months. Like This team overcame, I think, the most adversity of any of like this
1: 2018 to 2022 Phillies and just Fucking put it together. Yeah, I mean, when you consider too, from June to now, like I think like the fifth or sixth best team in baseball. And um, let's not forget, we fired our manager. <laughs> right, you know, and, and that's the turning point, you know. And I think when you think when you think big picture too, we talk so much too about like if the Phillies don't make the playoffs this year, then like what motivation really is there t- to go out and spend big again, mm-hmm. you know, this offseason So this is it's just a huge milestone and. You know, obviously, you know the, there's different perspectives. Like for us, like in, in the heyday of of this this Phillies era in like the late, you know, 2000s, early 2010s, it was like winning. You know, making it to the playoffs was like a given. It was, mm-hmm. like, but that just hasn't been the case in the Phillies' history. Um, you know, through, throughout their throughout their history, and, and to be back and to again, even though you're not the favorites, even though it's certainly, you know, would it be surprised if we're sitting here next week like lamenting? Knocked out of the pl- no, not not particularly because again when you again when you're just playing three games in St. Louis, the odds are definitely against you. But um, I think you consider just where this team was at in May <laughs> to now is is crazy. I I think if you had if told me that this team was making the playoffs at Memorial Day this year, I would have branded you as being like strangely optimistic. We were wildly optimistic in May, and there's like good reason. I mean, this team looked awful. Um, and I think there were there were just massive question marks about everything. And, uh, yeah, getting rid of Joe Girardi was, like, the most important transaction I think the Phillies have made in the last four years. I mean, because, honestly, I, I think if you, if you don't get rid of him, if you don't get Rob Thompson, who's turned us around so well, um, I don't know what this offseason looks like. Especially, you know, if they, you know... I, I just I don't know how aggressive you are this mm-hmm. offseason. I don't know what... what transactions that you're actually making you know you've you've bet a lot to get to this point and yet there's still you know room for this team to still grow this year um there's still like young guys to bring in right there's still a lot to be like hopeful about but um i i think another year of like no playoffs at all would have really 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 set this team back and i think the fan base too for like expectations i mean we almost had it i Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I think a lot of people were were really really tight buttholing it i don't know uh, if we'll answers. say
0: this anytime again in the near
1: future shout out to the miami marlins i you know what i didn't think they were going to do us a favor and they, they ended up doing it
0: shout out uh, to their social media manager i don't know if you saw the one tweet yeah. is you know tweeting ring the bell uh they tweet the the clip from avengers end game of uh the marlins you know grabbing thor's hammer and uh, smacking Thanos, and they put the Brewers logo over what Thanos' did, uh, face. What did Rob Thompson say? He said, yeah, Don is a, a good friend of mine. So. <laughs> 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 and, uh,
1: we are all Don uh, Mattingly friends. Enjoy Olympics. your year away from the game, Don. <laughs> uh, it just feels great to be back in the playoffs. Like, I, I just can't tell you how exciting it is to think about. like, just Because like, playoff baseball is already fun to watch, mm-hmm. as it is. But so now to have like a real tangible rooting interest in it again. It's just great, um, and I, I I'm just I'm just so looking forward to. It. I'm so happy we have it back. I, again, even though it's a three game wild card series, all of them in St. Louis, it's just like brings you so much joy to to have that back in your life in a in a real like meaningful way. And we've
0: we've we made it through eleven years of guys who we thought were gonna be dudes. We made it through every Vince Velasquez start. We we made it through the number thirty seven era of patrolling center field. We made it through Jonathan Papelbon. Fuck that guy too. <laughs> never forget in July, Jonathan Papelbon.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus!
0: <laughs> claiming that the Phillies firing Joe Girardi was a mistake. We're never gonna see the playoffs. Fuck that guy. Um, a, a friendly nudge. Couldn't though. hold
1: a zone in a fight against Bryce Harper either. So.
0: Sucks to suck. Rip Bozo. Uh, friendly nudge to Ken Rosenthal. We love you, Ken. But uh, firing Joe Girardi did fix the Phillies. Um, just, it, it felt like such a a big fucking weight lifted off the shoulders of, I think, not only this team, but the fan base, like you said, and like really starting to believe in what this franchise is going to be capable of. And I saw a great tweet, uh, I believe, from... Uh, Our good friend Mark Kramer on Twitter, he said the Phillies making the playoffs this year is great, but it's going to make this team better next year because now this this decade long drought is over. They don't have that pressure on them anymore, and it's only going to help them improve now that they're going to get the playoff experience as a team. They don't have that narrative around them anymore. And it, it eerily reminds me of last year's Eagles team where it was like, all right, new coach, let's see what happens. You get into the playoffs, you lose, but maybe that sets you up for success going into the following year. And look at the Eagles now, four games into the season, they're four or no looking like, you know, the best team in the NFC. I think this is going to do wonders for the Phillies going into 2023. Now that they have this massive
1: franchise weight off of their shoulders. Yeah. I, I think two things, college Schwarber said in like the lead up to all of this, right. they like, this should be fun like we mm-hmm. should be having fun and, and it, clearly the team wasn't there was a lot of I think stress um I think should the Phillies be innocent and hopefully next year it's a division yes race not necessarily just going for the wild card and you know, hopefully if the, if the Braves aren't <laughs> we got to talk about the Braves too like just cloning guys somehow and like getting in the sign for like twenty dollars a week <laughs> you know, like, I Gansby Swanson's it. next I, I don't understand it um you know if the Phillies play the way they played again you know the entire season like they did under under Rob Thompson when, when he became manager this is a team that you expect should be competing for the division you know they were a better team since June since over over the Mets it's just mm-hmm. the Braves went on, on real pace and so I think again you know not to make everything about the era from 2006 to 2011 but I think it's also similar to those 06 07 teams yep. where it's like they're finally back in the playoffs they're like a, a competitive team again and you sort of you have that like just collective buy-in and and the fans stop worrying too. There's no Mm -hmm. longer that anxiety when you get to September and either there's still stuff to play for. And I I think we even felt it so many times this September It's like, this team might actually just blow it. (laughs) And um, I mean, they could next year there's of course, but I think it's, there's a lot more like forgiveness and cushion now for Mm -hmm. this team going forward, uh, like on on a psychological sense. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. And, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like 98% of this roster is going to be playing in the playoffs for the first time, and, you know, it's 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 a big experience to finally get, and uh, I'm I'm just thrilled. I
0: also thought the most wholesome uh, videos from the Philly social account were, one, when they were going to take the team picture and celebrating, Garrett Stubbs was, like, grabbing Reese Hoskins by the face, and Reese is like, I've never done this before. I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. <laughs> Obviously, Garrett Stubbs was on the Houston Astros last year and got his uh American League Championship ring this weekend or this week I should say. Um and then they also tweeted out a video the Phillies official account of Reese Hoskins just screamed We did it. We did it. Um I'm just happy for Reese too. Like he was he was on the verge of tears in the post game interview too and like the amount of shit that people have given Reese Hoskins that has been unwarranted for the most part. Like, sure, has he gone through some some cold streaks? Absolutely, but the amount of people who have called to trade Reese Hoskins, get rid of this guy, when he has been the epitome of a team leader, a, a leader in the clubhouse, a like a franchise cornerstone, who was kind of the first. Like, it was him and Nola that were the first like homegrown prospects to get called up during this rebuild era that they went through. And he stuck it out through all. He's made Philadelphia his home. And just to see Reese get that satisfaction of finally getting to the postseason is so freaking cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just looking at ESPN's uh, playoff primer from last year uh, in in the Braves were given a 45.4 chance to uh, to win in the NLDS against the Brewers. Uh, a 33.2 percent chance against the Dodgers, or 34.2 percent chance against the Giants in the NLCS. So, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I just say, you know, they went on, they went on to win. So,
0: so shout out to the Phils. Let's have ourselves a weekend. Um, but we would, we would be remiss to not talk about the New Yorks cicadas, aka the New York Mets. Let Let's meet them, Matt. Let's meet the Mets. As you called so gracefully months ago, how great it would be if the Mets choked away the NL East to the Braves, ended up being a wild card, and then would be on the same side of the bracket waiting for a date with either the San Diego Padres, who they will see in the first round, who we mentioned last week. They went 2-4 and four against yep. in the regular season. And Not if an they somehow matchup. find a way, they've got a date with the L.A. Dodgers, and due to them fixing up their rotation for that lovely three-game sweep that the Braves pulled off, if they are to make it to that matchup with the Dodgers, they would only get one go-round of their big three pitching rotation. Tough, man. (laughs) Tough scene. The Mets win 100 games, and they don't win the division. Mets fans,
1: stupid Braves
0: (laughs) Mets fans declared the NL East over in May. Uh, Tyler Matzik, who's a a reliever for the Braves, tweeted at one of the New York media people and said, now the NL East is over and added him. Um, I hate the Braves, but man, is it fucking hilarious that the (laughs) Mets choked this away when they were in the lead of this division for all but like a week.
1: Yeah, I think I can't remember the number, but it's like the Mets have been top of the division like two hundred and ninety eight days over the last two years. Um but have not been able to, you know, obviously finish the season as as the division winner. And uh you know, I wanna call it a choke, and it like sort of is. But I mean if you look at the Mets, they're still like a good team. I you know, like <laughs> over this it's just the Braves I just hit this like Hit the nitrous button and uh, just blew. I think really what does it, though, is that, that series sweep. That, to me, was, if you're talking about, like, choking, mm-hmm. that was – and that's the moment, too, where I think I was not keen on the Phillies playing the Mets just because we have not played them well this year, and I, I'd rather just – I'd rather not go out to a, a division rival in the playoffs. And that would also be our first, like, um, playoff series against a division team. Mm-hmm. You know? like, and I just – I don't want that um on my on my conscience but um that's a wounded team like spiritually oh, yeah. going into the playoffs i you know like that's that's not the best headspace to be in um and it, it's strange because as good of a team as they've been this year like that's just uh this is a team you know if they they like i don't know how they're gonna deal with adversity nope i i, I don't know that they're quite built that way Um, I they're mean, they, mentally beat. And we, you'd say one of their biggest strengths too is that one-two punch, and the fact that that's going to be slightly diminished, you know, in, in terms of like how frequently you're going to get to see it. And even if you use it, they say you like work them into like a game six or something. You know, you're not, you get like three or four innings out of them. You know, you're not, you're not getting like full capacity. Uh, Degrom and Scherzer, so well. Plus, Degrom only goes like four innings anyway. So. Right. So it's it's. I think that's just tough. I think it's a, it's a. <laughs> I don't feel bad for them, not but it's all. just like it's the braves it's yeah. it's honestly just the Braves. like you want to make fun of the mets and we i certainly will indulge myself um but it's also like damn the braves just absolutely hawked him like, mm-hmm. I, I don't
0: there's there's really nothing more to it's it literally and, the the spongebob meme with spongebob and patrick running
1: yeah and the lasso's coming for him the lasso is the Braves. My, one of my favorite uh cory brewer memes ever uh was <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, you know, and, and I just think, yeah, that that series against the the Braves will haunt them. I think, and certainly could, because you just consider what a, what a difference it is to have this weekend off, and now here. I mean, the Padres are not an an easy team, and they've, no. they've not played them well this year. The Mets haven't, so. Um, and it's and, in San Diego. No, no it's, it's, it's in New York. York, but I think that's not great either. No, you know, I have, I don't think San Diego is like the best. Home field advantage, and I, you know, I think the Mets like if, if I'm just imagining a situation where they like lose game one, right? And you oh, go to game great. two, and like I just think the anxiety because the Mets have been burned a lot, and uh, you know, on a human level, I feel bad for Mets fans, you know, because it's like, damn, that kind of sucks to just be burned like that. But it's also really funny because mm-hmm. you remember what Mets fans say about us and about Philadelphia, and that they're the only team from the NLEs to not win a World Series this century, which uh.
0: I ha I have one of your favorite personal memes. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Um, but this popped up on the timeline. Shout out to Ty Marrow. You're gonna love this one. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean it sucks that the the Braves and Nationals won, uh, in recent history, but uh
0: For the for the uh audio only listeners, it's it's the uh Olympic podium meme and it's Braves 2021, Nationals 2019, Phillies 08, Marlins 03 and then it's the Mets. And instead of the the champagne bottle blasting in his face, it's a trumpet and it's this guy playing trumpet at a random game in August.
1: Hey man, you know? That's the way it goes. Meet I just the Mets baby. It's time to meet the Mets. Time for the Mets to meet their maker, Whew. I think, but I think they could still beat the Padres, but that's that's a series that could uh Nothing's going to satisfy me more.
0: Than Juan Soto blasting a home run off of Edwin Diaz in the playoffs after those trumpets play.
1: Yeah. Could see that happening. Made him Machado uh <laughs> scorned by the <laughs> MVP votes. <laughs> we're in the playoffs, man. Feels great. It feels great. Uh I don't even care that we're playing at like two o'clock. No.
0: <laughs> don't care. Um looking one final time at the regular season. NL East Run Differential brought to you by our pals over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up uh, fan points on your profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Matt, the Atlanta Braves win the NL East Run Differential showdown for 2022 with a plus 183. The Mets get a plus 159. The Phillies finish plus 62. I think it's the first time in a long time we finished positive uh, in a season. The Miami Marlins finish minus 93. And the record for the worst run differential in all of baseball goes to that stolen franchise, the 55 and 106 Washington Nationals, with a minus 245 run differential. And if you remember all the way back, to march when matt and i did our season preview i hope some of you took the nationals in that plus 1000 bet for the worst record in baseball because the nationals finished with the worst record in baseball at 55 and
1: 106 god bless them god bless them for their sacrifice everything they've done for uh for this country and uh you know we'll see you next year in montreal (laughs) yeah
0: the uh the dodgers uh i don't know if they are still currently playing or not but as of right now a plus 334 run differential jesus unreal um also one of my new favorite trends on twitter was everybody uh taking monumental sports events and plugging in aaron judge getting walked intentionally just the
1: most obnoxious (laughs) shit unbelievable (laughs) listen like We were both alive for like the Barry Bonds chase, and that makes sense because that's Mm -hmm. like a truly historic moment. Not to downplay what Aaron Judge has done because it is like impressive and it is history to be made. Do we need to be doing the cutaway to it? Was if this was any other team than the Yankees, are we doing that? No, no, (laughs) And also, why are we keeping
0: you know, I understand it's NL, AL, it feels any other sport we don't keep separate records
1: it is that's also weird like i'm gonna be honest before this year i don't know that that would have ever crossed my mind like to me like you're still chasing barry bonds Mm -hmm. i you know like you still didn't get more than 73 so like why i again just do we need the cutaways for this no i just i think of all the historic sports moments i've seen in my lifetime and like I think again, Barry Bonds was the only one that I can remember that had that type of every day I remember SportsCenter like waking up to like them showing every single, you know, pitch and, and, that and you Bonds know, we were a little getting.
0: bit younger when it happened, but the McGuire versus Sosa right. stuff was the same type of instance,
1: but I just I don't know. Like again, if it's not the Yankees, I don't think anyone cares about it like no. that. And by the way, talk about fumbling the bag from the Yankees sense. because, uh, damn would have been nice to lock Judge down, uh has has there honestly, honestly ever been a better, like, contract year? Like, I, yeah. I, I I, mean, it's like, what more could you have asked from him? His agent has to be, like, just swooning. Oh, 100%. And also,
0: this would only happen because it's the Yankees. Did you see who caught home run ball number 62? I did not. It's some, like corporate fat cat who's worth like
1: 1.37 billion dollars of course <laughs> uh, of course how much it costs to get into uh, <laughs> into the stadium to <laughs> catch not even the all-time hey at
0: least it, it wasn't uh the home run yeah. YouTube guy
1: i saw the i, th- I saw an article that the auction house apparently said it like price like two million yeah. for the uh the ball so by the way sell the ball don't settle for their dumb yeah not that that person needs the money i guess but, but the uh, kids
0: who caught 61 or 60 or whatever it was were just like they gave the ball to them oh, ex- in exchange for like a jersey and bats
1: total total morons total total there was a mark mcguire home run ball that uh i think the guy like was trying to negotiate and he was willing to give it up all he wanted to do was meet mark mcguire like they were like we're gonna hook you up with like jersey and stuff and all this he's like cool i just you know and i'd really like to like just like meet mark mcguire mm-hmm. like just like shake his hand and mark was like no he's like well i'm gonna fucking sell this baseball for three million dollars and, like, and that's what he did don't give them the no. ball sell it <laughs> like, yes it's a billion dollar company they can if they want the ball they can go out and buy it exactly <laughs> do not give it to them for like a 120 dollar shirt it's the worst trade deal uh. ever Get a grip. If you, if you catch a historic home run ball, call me. and I will I will advocate for you. Oh, man. I'll take a 1% commission.
0: <laughs> but for the Phils, it's looking like uh, it's going to be Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, Suarez, and then I think for the Cardinals, game one at least, it's shaping up to be Miles Michaelis on yep. the mound, which I'm not sure how he played this year. I know
1: he's been up and down. So I know I think they mentioned him in the article. Um how he's done this season. Um so he's uh he's one and one with a two point one three R ERA and two starts against Philadelphia this season. So I mean, pretty good all, all things considered. Um Carter's close to Ryan Helsley. He's also held the Phillies to a 071, 143 forty three, oh seventy one line in three games and thirteen. He at did get team. hurt yesterday. Got hurt yesterday. Seems like a jammed finger though, so he's probably you know, probably gonna be fine, but uh you never know. Not great. Not at all. I would say if I was in there, she would be like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like it's like last year when
0: the uh, Devin Williams for the Brewers just like smashed his hand into the wall and broke his hand, couldn't yeah. pitch in the playoffs. Nice. He's also the guy that choked twice against the Marlins. So nice one. Bro, salute. Huh? Um, speaking of successes, though, Matt, the Eagles off to a four and zero start, looking great. Yeah, only undefeated team left. Um, Mainly due to the Miami Dolphins medical staff just being
1: egregiously dumb. Yikes <laughs> Not uh, great. I, can I just say though? I'm a l i am a listen. I care a lot about the players' health. Here's the thing. There's so much like speaking out of both sides of your mouth with all the concussion talk because concussions are an inherent part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's a violent sport with a hundred percent chance for injury. I think all the time of the Zach Taylor players, tri- ironically, another dolphins player. Um, but like his player's tribune article where he talks about all of like the things that he was doing, like the, like the blood bag he would have to wear during a bat, like all this like crazy stuff that these guys put their bodies through the drug abuse that these guys go through the, 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 the painkiller addictions, you know, the, the concussions, the CTE, all of it. Like, I'm just kind of tired of, like, this, like, last week has really exhausted me on a Like, obviously what the Dolphins did was wrong, mm-hmm. and, and we can all agree on that. And uh, he, too, should not have been playing at all that game. I think that's reasonable to say. However, it's the entire sport. Like, it, it, there's so many incidents like this that you'll never hear about. The only reason we are hearing about is because it first happened in a very, like, primetime game on that Sunday, and you had kind of a very, like, obvious moment where it's like, yeah, he's, like not right, right. right and then you know he obviously it's a very scary incident too when he gets knocked out that when he has like the 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 fencing like uh response mm-hmm. and like that's always scary because that means like you've really like your brain is really suffering um and so you know it's it, clearly it's it's clearly not good you know like i'm not defending it but it's also I, I what do you want that you know like this is this is what football does like i you know it's it's an it's a systemic problem and i john harbaugh's like taking shots and it's like the quote tweets were Joe Flacco getting absolutely murdered on the field and he was playing next week. Like, I'm just tired of the hypocrisy about head injuries and injuries in general in football because I don't know, like Ryan Shazier. Like, you know, like, think of these guys. Like, I, like, it's these types of injuries are inescapable from the game. And you, you're not even just talking like I, the very obvious concussions, like you saw with Tua. Tom Brady was talking about how he's probably had hundreds in his career. And, like, you know, he would go home... And he's still and, coming
0: back for more. Right.
1: And maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Like, But, like, you know, and his wife would talk about how, like, yeah, he would, like, just, like, wake up in the middle of the night and not know where he was. It's, like, all this stuff that happens behind the scenes that we'll never even hear. It's so much worse. <laughs> it's, so, like, however bad it looks there, it's so much even worse behind the scenes. And I wish that we could just, like, have that discussion. Instead of just blaming and, like, wanting to, like, flay Mike McDaniel. Who, by the way, like... Also, if the medical staff clears him, what do you want them to do? It, no one's going to, like, pat Mike McDaniel on the back for sitting Tua because guess what? He, has, he His job is to win, and if... You can say he's right or wrong. Clearly, you know we can all see that he probably shouldn't have been cleared, mm-hmm. but he was. He was cleared. Right. He's to not play. the medical assessor. Like, like, and obviously, no player is ever going to say no. I don't want to play. You know, like, right. uh, Some circumstances, yeah. And no coach would be like, well, yeah, I'd rather have my starting quarterback. And if the independent neurologist says that he is clear, and the to play, NFL is
0: gonna run with that fucking oh, that independent,
1: yeah, he's scapegoated already. He's already been relieved mm-hmm. of his position, and. He probably should be, you know, hundred percent. As someone who's not a neurologist, I would look at someone like that, and be like, "You should probably."
0: <laughs> I think the biggest shit that Mike McDaniel should be catching is that uh, he gave a quote that he and Tua were watching a movie
1: <laughs> on the plane, *MacGruber* <laughs> of all movies. Was Tua is Tua just Michael Scott? <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah. It's clearly it's wrong. Clearly, like you know, like they Like the investigation will will. Find its way, and I, I think what if, if there's wrongdoing, it should absolutely be punished. But I just wish that we would talk about how football is like this behind the scenes, in mm-hmm. way worse ways that we could ever imagine. And like I, I think about this all the time too, especially because I, I play a lot of fantasy. You ever like listen? You ever like look at the injury report for the injuries these guys have? Oh, yeah. Like for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people, like the the injuries that these guys are playing professional football through would have you home from work for two months can we like,
0: talk about jj Watt going
1: into AFib this week and playing how is he medically cleared like again not to make a joke about brain health but it's like we're not worried about the guy who just had to get resuscitated like i mean not resuscitated like it was a regular heartbeat whatever i mean come on you know like we're not gonna give any like Due He's diligence to the guys robot. that are, are leaving the game with with painkiller addictions, and that we just we drug these guys up to get them out there every week. I, you, know, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's why Brett Favre's stealing from welfare, right? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers talking about like how he was playing on a uh, Percocet, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, and God knows what else, and exactly, like, I just. I, I, I wish we could just instead of just trying to slam dunk on like whatever the the moment is, I, I wish we could have that like broader discussion about like, yeah, football is like just an inherently like dangerous and unsafe sport and not friendly to players health in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's it's not just Tua and concussions. It's everything. It's like you talk all the time about how these guys have like the average NFL career is three years. Why is that <laughs> like, you know, like it's cause you literally just destroy your body. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's, um, it's weird to dunk on just this example. Yeah. Although it is an example, I think that really needs to be made because we, we have to take these things seriously, uh, because it's so pivotal. But, um, I, I just, I, I think the whole sport is rotten in that way. You know, you, you cannot separate concussions from everything else that is, that is wrong with the NFL and, uh, you know, and how bad it is. For their health. It just objectively is. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert's playing with broken, fractured rib, rib cartilage. cartilage. Any other human has that. They're not showing up to work for like two months. On the same team that
0: stabbed Tyrod Deller <laughs> and punctured his lung.
1: Right. Which, by the way, is like a thing that can go wrong in that procedure. <laughs> and they're just like... And they're doing... Okay, like, if you were getting that kind of injection, you would be taking off work. You'd be, like, scheduling around, like, a long weekend. This dude was getting that procedure before playing a football game. (laughs) Like, I...
0: Come on. Uh, Also, did you see in the Eagles-Jags game when Jake Elliott
1: got smacked and then they cut the camera too he's like popping pills i was watching the the, the viking saints game sunday morning and one of the linemen's getting like smelling salts on the <laughs> side of the the field and it's like oh gee i wonder what happened i wonder why he would need smelling salts those
0: That's are weird. not fun um but the eagles 4-0 heading out to arizona to take on kyler ben simmons murray zach Ertz, uh and the rest of the cardinals and uh you know they're doing the the media tour this week too. Jalen Hurts on the Manning cast, Nick Sirianni on the Pat McAfee show today, which was if you missed that interview, highly recommend going and watching it. Sirianni curses during it, and it's hilarious. They had Ty Schmidt doing his Nick Sirianni impression and they play rock, paper, scissors against each other. It was it was an electric interview with Sirianni. Talked about getting flowers thrown on him last year. Um very, very funny stuff from the Pat McAfee show and Nick Sirianni. But, I mean, this is, it's the first time the Eagles are 4-0 since 2004. It is the first time since 2004 that they are the last undefeated team in football. And they just they look like the most confident, poised, and talented
1: team in the NFL right now. Yeah, you don't want to get too carried away. But, um, they do have the easiest schedule and, you know, you, they could be the first team to go, uh, 17 and 0. So, you know, like that's, uh, <laughs> um, take that Tom Brady. I mean, it, it's, there's a lot to, I think, you know, and like each week I think is answered a different kind of question. I think you would have for the Eagles, you know, this past week, probably their toughest opponent, mm-hmm. uh, so far and the conditions were like definitely <laughs> adverse. And, uh, you know, I mean, the game starts terribly too, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, pick six, and then you, you sort of you you go down early, fourteen nothing, and um, yeah, you just you like find your way back in that game, and uh, you know, I think the the coaching adjustments too to, to get to that point. Like, I just think uh, everywhere you look, the Eagles are answering like every question you could have of them, and um, I think we're still like a week or two away from te- like people like think nationally really calling them like the favorites of the NFC. But I mean, you look around the NFC, and it's very you, down. I outside it's to me right now like if I had to pick two two like the two uh, who are the two teams I think are the best in the NFC right now today it's it's the Eagles and the 49ers. I think those are the those have been the two teams I've watched the most I'm like damn that's like, like they have like elite ability and like the 49ers defense is like absolutely unreal. I like not that the Rams have been, you know, smoke shows like they were last season but I mean could not do anything against that 49ers defense. Stafford and looks terrible. Stafford looks bad. Um, yeah, that offense is not clicked in the way that you'd hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of the NFC, who is the the Bucks can't stay healthy now. Maybe once they get healthy, sure, you know, we we could have that conversation. You also have Tom Brady going to divorce court, right? Like, there's a lot of <laughs> extracurricular <laughs> happening there. But I mean, some of their injuries too are, are going to be season long, affecting. You look at the line injuries; like, that's not mm-hmm. really improving anytime soon. All you hope is that. Like Godwin Evans, you know, get back healthy and, and maybe Julio Jones, but um,
0: I think the Packers are mostly just chemistry with Rodgers and the receivers, and we'll see if that Packers, happens. I,
1: I think like again, They're, like their
0: who, defense is good, but that you know the offense hasn't again also hasn't clicked.
1: They just went to overtime against a third string yeah. Patriots. Like I, you know, like it's just like a, they have not impressed me to the point where I'm like I expect you know like right. It's when definitely you have Aaron a down Rodgers. Year. You can obviously project anything, but it's also, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not himself as mm-hmm. he used to be. Like he just isn't, you know, and that's just part of aging, you know, Tom Brady as he is now is not what he was two years ago. Uh, you know, so, um, again, this is just at this point in the season, those have been the two teams that I think have impressed me the most in the NFC, um, all around. And, you know, I, I think are just kind of built for that, uh, you know, deep playoff experience, but anything can change, you know, f- through the, the course of the rest of the season. And, Who would have predicted this, too, by the way? The NFC East, by record, is the best best. division in football. I mean,
0: (laughs) no normal year in the uh, the NFC East. Uh, And I I love that the Eagles get the Cardinals this week. No DeAndre Hopkins. They're up and down. Um, Cliff Kingsbury might be on the hot seat. And, you know, if you win this week, which I I just had Johnny Venerable from PHNX Cardinals on Eagles enemies today that will come out later this week. Cardinals haven't won a home game in a year. That's dumb. They have not won a home game in a year. So, Eagles fans, I know there's like 500 of them going out to uh, Arizona this week on one of those Philly sports trips events. Um, there's going to be Eagles
1: fans in attendance and making it very uncomfortable for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, well, they don't need any help. They, they make it <laughs> I've never seen a team with so many just, like, dumb mistakes. Yes. Um, they might set a record for, like, most uh, – most, like, yards pushed back from the goal line with, like, false – like, it's just unbelievable. Every time I see them, they're constantly, like, getting flagged for that and, and turning, like, second and goal from the two to, like, second and goal from the 17 somehow. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. Um,
0: And then you go into Sunday Night Football at home, more than likely against Cooper
1: Rush. Who has looked great. Cowboys <laughs> QB controversy, full swing. Yeah, I mean, do you even put Dak back in, I think is the real question. That's the
0: real question undefeated eagles cooper rush
1: that's it um but the eagles
0: look great right now and uh we'll see you know how everything goes down this weekend it, it is cardinals hate week
1: yeah i mean i honestly
0: and i saw a terrible bird <laughs> jordy uh from from barstool tweeted uh it's cardinals hate week and that also involves uh, any catholic cardinals as well <laughs> yeah i mean yes <laughs> sign us up um Decision day this weekend too for the Union. Looks like they're out of the Supporters Shield race for the most part, um, but they do have one more home match on Sunday against Toronto, and then uh, it's full swing for the postseason.
1: Yeah, um, this is now to lock up the top seed, which in the MLS gives you uh, a first round buy. Um, you know they, they still uh, they still have a they really just you know win and it's all good. Mm-hmm. You know um, I, I think even a draw, depending on what Montreal does. Um, you know, could shake things up, um, you know, but uh, you know, they have the, the gold differential break, so really it's just don't lose and uh, and and you're good and you expect that at home and sort of uh, end the season in kind of the proper way. Obviously, not winning the supporter shield is a little bit of a bummer, but we know it's all about the winning that MLS mm-hmm. cup this year. Um, yeah, what's interesting now too is uh, you know, you look at uh, you know, we had some games going on tonight, so right now, as you know, if the season ends exactly like this, with the seeding, uh, the Union would be playing the winner of the Red Bulls and Crew. Uh, pretty favorable matchups all around you know, for, for the Union there. What would worry me is if Cincinnati sneaks into that fifth spot. Cincinnati's played the Union pretty well this year. They beat them 3-1 and uh, drew the other game. So, um, not the... They just have not played them well, so I would actually yeah <laughs> kind of like avoiding them uh, all things considered. But yeah, you know, you you get uh, kind of the guaranteed. Um, the Red Bulls, I think the Union have played well this mm-hmm. year, and, and and the Crew have just not been able to string together much consistency. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what Decision Day brings us. You know, this could obviously change you know, in, in a very big way. Um, but those are those are the two right now that uh, that you'll be looking at for for the Union in the first round and. Yeah, first I, I think getting that buy would be huge because it puts you right in the semis. You win one game and, you, and you're back in the conference finals, and uh, that's you know you obviously have that at home too. It's the redemption tour for last season.
0: Yes, um, Matt. Let's get into uh, buffs and stuff. Survivor Forty Three and uh, last week's episode. I just finally got a chance to catch up today, thankfully. Um, but overall, uh, I thought it was a, a really good episode uh you know to follow up the the premiere and lots of chaos lots of question marks around a lot of people um new beware advantage uh you know thing that you had to to tackle which i loved i loved
1: it i loved that take on it i i liked i like i liked it not having to be like oh just say this phrase yes i like that it's not so dependent on things that are just completely out of your control mm-hmm. um yeah I, I liked the idea too that you know they they tied it in with the hat for cody and uh they did the thing as well where they don't show you the full edit they make you think that he wasn't able to get the beat and then, and then he did and he's safe um and i did like <laughs> i did like what um uh what's his name had to say about cody um when Jesse was like, Why would you open the Beware Advantage like right before tribal? Like we we all we watch both seasons and you know that means you're gonna lose your vote unless you do something. Why would you do that? And it's like, Yeah, you know what? You could just save Good it. Point. Like you could just like hide it and then just come back to it. Yep. Uh, you know, that was that was an option. <laughs> so um, uh, but I mean it all worked out in the end and they uh they get Janine out, which personally sucks for me. She was one of my fantasy players. It, it was, was Cody comprised. and Janine. Cody and Janine were my two players. So I was like, Man, this is <laughs> all around great. tough for me <laughs> uh
0: I was surprised they voted Janine out because that challenge was tough for Vessi in yeah. terms of just like optics and uh like they totally fumbled the bag on that puzzle
1: yes I I think um literally fumbled the bag um <laughs> I think it really it's uh Jesse Neca, and Cody seem to have like a very tight uh trio there Mm -hmm. and i they did what i think you should always do which is just go with the people that you trust the most and i mean you saw them working together to get the beats of cody like i think because they also knew their life was on the line for (laughs) that um i i I just that's the way you should play it and you know clearly you know he was not uh you know in in that circle of trust so i respect it also like the challenge
0: Challenge is well. cool. The the four hundred pound survivor snake. I th- we've seen that before. I feel like we haven't seen that in a while. It's been a while. Um, but I like that being like early on too. It, it was more of a, a team challenge and, um, you know, puzzles. You you live and die by the puzzle in this new era of Survivor. Um, but going into tonight, Matt, what are your expectations? You know, we did see a lot more cutaway scenes too like we've seen over the last two seasons in episode two, um, getting some more backstories on people. And uh, I think this week is, is setting up for even more uh, chaos for the the yellow tribe.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think for, for this week, you know, we, we could see, uh, I think we got teased really about the relationship between like uh, Jesse and, and Dwight. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a little frayed. I don't always trust the previews, right? Because right. I think a lot of times they know what they're doing. They're smart. They know They know the edit. Um, I think Carla and that tribe seems to be like probably where we're, we're looking this uh, this episode. Um, and I don't have a great read on them because we just simply haven't. They seen- seem very <laughs>
0: similar to uh,
1: season 41, like Deshaun and Danny's tribe. Yeah, that blue tribe to start. They, where were, they, they just- were just winning and, you know. Just, Nobody cared. The, yes, the the negative part about winning for like your first two or three, and oddly enough, they are the blue tribe as well. Right. You know, you just there's no point in really showing because they're they're not going to tribal, so the, the yeah. story really isn't as relevant there. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to say. I am not even sure like who who is truly allied with who there because you know you never really know until you get to see like especially when you go to tribal. Um, it's great for our boy James. Yeah, good for James. Uh, he seems to be in a good spot. Anytime I've seen him, uh, he seems to be He seems doing to be in well that, that power He's foursome, too, that a, they yes. kind of lightly touched on on that,
0: on that tribe. So that's solid. Um, some of the backstories were pretty interesting as well uh, in this episode that they cut away to. So I'm intrigued to see more of those, um, like we've seen over the last two seasons as well. Is, is it... Uh, giovanni is the one guy on the uh the blue tribe who was he came out as gay to his parents and then yeah uh was homeless like wild story and then cody like his his best friend passing away um the the backstory thing i think we touched on this when we started talking about survivor again like we missed that from early seasons and now that it's back it's a, a very cool piece of the season
1: yeah, definitely. Do uh, you like to see them more as uh, more as people? Um, also- I don't know why the the Survivor website is like not up this year. Right? Like, I I don't know what the hell is up with that. Come on, <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> like I I constantly have to like relook and like refamiliarize myself with like the tribe. It was so easy the last two years. Yeah. So Coco is the blue tribe <laughs> yeah. this year, and um, I just have a feeling that we're you know they'll be going to tribal tonight. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's just total misdirection, but um, we do not have a great read on them because we haven't seen them mm-hmm. go to tribal yet. So you never uh you never really know and uh was it
0: Grabler? is his his name the
1: yeah Grabler found out his idol last for his first yeah. two um, tribals so that's pretty good because i mean he's gonna need it <laughs> imagine too you're in a situation like you know deshaun's tribe right like he that we were talking about where you win maybe your first four and you don't go to tribal until there's already you know like it, four or five people gone and you know you're safe for two i
0: yeah, it already seems like there's some uh,
1: discourse among that tribe, too, from the preview going yes, into this week. So. Yes, yeah. definitely. Anytime you're searching bags and it gets back to that person, Tough. you're going to... You got to do the bag searching discreetly. Yes. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight,
0: but it's been a, a pretty solid, I'd say, first two episodes of season 43. Yeah. Liked it so far. Still trying to get our reads, but obviously our, our three up, three down will come back once we get those reads. Um but that's all we got for you guys. Red October is here. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI Twitter, Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there and uh, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It does go a long way. For more people finding the show, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your excitement for Red October, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe. Uh, And Matt, final prediction going into this weekend. Will the Phillies be playing in the NLDS? God, I hope so. I, you know what? I. Here's the real quick. Will it go three games? <laughs> that was Saddam. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I texted him, LMAO. He said, You did not laugh your ass off. I'm watching you on Twitch. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> um, Got him. I think uh, my mind is telling me the Cardinals are going to win because I think, you know, as much as you don't want to say, they're, they're probably the better team, and you had the home field advantage. My heart and my body and my soul are telling me that this is the, they are the team of destiny. I you know like I just I really think we can be back here next week previewing a uh, like a Braves Phillies Braves, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Christ, might have to go get some some Prilosec for Ooh. that one or something. But uh, yeah, I uh, I really think they can. I, I, I believe in them, and uh, I'm I'm gonna roll with them. I think Phillies. I you know Phillies win series two nothing. I don't even think we get I to like game it. three. I think you save you, you save I like Ranger. our pitching.
0: I'll say that I like our pitching matchup in yes. this three game set of Wheeler Nola. Yes. Um. Also favorite uh favorite drought Philly of all time that is not on this roster. Soon.
1: Didn't make it, but helped I helped us get there along I the go way. Got to go with the man who is uh. Who I've seen many a time when I've gotten a big glass of water. That is one Mr. Dominic Brown. I there it is. Always, I got I got one of those souvenir cups with a big Dom Brown on it. So, shout out to Dominic Brown.
0: I am going to go with a guy who we just saw this weekend. Uh, and you probably think I was going Mike Alfranco, which I love him. But uh, when the team needed him most, you call Hector. Shout out to Hector Nairs. Also going to the postseason. Uh, just with the Houston Astros. And, uh, you know, Hector Hector was underrated here, as, as we have said many a time on this show. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Maine Auto LLC, Ducharme's Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. This weekend, tweet us your pictures of your Kennys, tag Kenwood Beer in them, and uh, let us know where you're drinking your ice cold Kennys from during the Wild Card weekend. You got to be 21 though. And of course, please drink responsibly. But all of their info is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. The drought is over. This has been episode number 470, a Red October celebration edition of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Let's go Phils. Let's go Birds. From Matt KB. Till next time. We're signing off. Peace.